Thank you for tuning in to the Female Guys Requested podcast. I'm your host Ting Ting. Right now, I'm in Pacific Northwest, and so nice to escape the heat of Las Vegas. Today's guest is Kelly Q. Kelly was born and raised in Singapore. She left her so-called regular job due to her insatiable desire for outdoor climbing. She co-founded a guiding service with her husband QX in Taiwan, and guides there and other destinations in Southeast Asia. Starting 2018, she has run women's climbing clinics every year to foster a community of strong, independent, and confident female climbers. Kelly is soft-spoken and humble. But it was easy for me to tell that she has a strong will. I caught up with her right after she finished her AMG Advanced Rock Guide course and Aspirin exam in Red Rock in April. It was interesting to learn why she chose to obtain the guide training and certificates in the States, even though she mostly operates in Asia. And to listen to how she had to adjust her mindset from being in the majority group, that is Han Chinese, to a minority here in the states. Congratulations to Kelly for becoming an AMGA assistant rock guide. She will continue working towards her rock guide certification. Now let's listen to Kelly's stories. Kelly, I actually only know how to pronounce your first name. So,、um, can you tell me how to pronounce your last name?、Uh, my last name is、um, pronounced as Q. It's spelled as K H I E W, and it's pronounced the same as the letter Q. Okay, so Kelly Q. Yes, it's kind of kind of cute. It reminds me of.、Um, This actress, I don't know whether you know, like her name is Maggie Q. Oh, like yeah, like um,、uh, yeah, like I think her last name is really like the letter Q. Like、oh, maybe、okay. it's just her celebrity name. I'm not too sure it's a real name. Right. Yeah. But my, then your name is Na. No, no. But my sister-in-law is like Maggie, so like she's Maggie Q. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes.、Nice. Yeah. So, um, well, in case like some our listeners don't know about you, can you just. Di- Give the listener a little brief intro about you and why you're here right now, sitting in ah、uh, my office in Las Vegas. <laughs> yes,、uh, my name is Kelly. Um, I am originally from Singapore. I'm based in Taiwan since 2015. Um, my husband and I we own a small um business offering guide services in Taiwan and also in the region in Southeast Asia. So you also operate in South Southern Asia, or、um, in in not only Southeast Asia, in in Asia in general. Okay. Depending on seasons. You mean Japan, maybe Korea,、um, and then Philippines, or yeah, like, I mean like the opportunity is immense, right? So right now, like、uh, we are guiding in Taiwan, in Thailand, Malaysia,、um, China, and my husband guided in Japan. 
Okay. Yeah, so like, you know, like there are many places that we can go in the region and like that's the opportunity that we are looking forward to like explore and expand. Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, because that I, I probably would um, ask you about some detail about the running business there in Asia because I'm like curious in the States, sometimes <laughs> it's like crazy about insurance and permits and everything. But so I know this trip, you're coming here for your AMGL Advanced Rock Guy course. Yes. And first of all, congratulations. Thank you. For you to become <laughs> an assistant rock guide. So for you, um, so since you are not operating in the United States, right? So I won't say it's irrelevant. Certainly it will help you with your skill set. But it's also quite a hassle to travel and train and then go through all these things and so what made you decide that you want to um, get an AMGA certification? Um, I see this as an extension to my climbing and guiding career. Yeah, um, it's actually a good question because like I started out just like helping my husband with his guide service business. So your husband started all this? Yes, like, yeah. like we actually quit our jobs in 2013 to do guiding full time. Yeah, he's the guide and I'm um, everyone else. I can be like the secretary, I, I can see. be the driver, yeah. I can be the chef, I can be the assistant guide. I'm everyone else and also the guide. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's actually a pretty important job. You know, sometimes it's very uh, luxurious if I have, say, if I have an assistant. <laughs> and I just have to focus on one thing and I just like, you deal with the rest. It's, so it was like your role for a long time. Um, yes, but at the same time, I'm also guiding. So like it's guiding plus like, also like, a lot of other things. <laughs> no, maybe you know I will have to next time I see your husband QS, I'm just gonna question him. How can you put your wife in such a busy position? It's actually good training. Like um, thinking on hindsight, because like right now when um when I have to operate on my own, I can I realize that I can do a lot of things on my own as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's actually not a bad thing. So, um, yeah, like, so I started out, like, helping my husband with his um, guiding. And I think I kind of plunged into this without knowing what I was getting myself into. Okay. And the more I was doing it, the more I enjoyed doing it. And I kind of, like, uh, wanted to do it in my own way to a certain extent. So I started also, like, my own little women's group. So your own way in terms of what your husband lay out or um i mean like i'm always like the person on the sideline right like assisting him and supporting him so like a lot of decisions are made by him yeah and i'm just like doing what he instructs me to do yeah so uh i think at some point of time i want to be more involved and i also want to have a like a more a stronger sense of ownership to what i was doing mm-hmm. so and i so i think it's also a matter of chance um back then i think that was in 2019 right before covid huh yeah when i started my first women's clinic in taiwan so that basically like this that's not QS idea would be all yours, right? Yeah, okay. but he was supportive. He, he thinks that it's a good idea to start out something like that. Yeah, because there isn't anything that's women-focused in our region. And I have a strong feeling towards that. I think partly because um, when I was in, we, we call it secondary school, which is like middle school, where mm-hmm. we are 
13 to 16, I was studying in a girl's school, an all-girls school. Yeah, and I definitely believe in like women's support and in doing things together. Yeah, I think uh, a part of me still has that and which is why I feel very strongly towards um, having women-focused activities um, just to support one another. Mm-hmm. And also like to create a space for people to network, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is this still an ongoing thing, the women's clinic? Uh, it was ongoing through COVID, actually. I think I did a lot more like uh, women's clinics during COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because um, when I first organized it, um, it was marketed towards um, people from overseas. So like, like expats in Taiwan? Um, no, like oh. visitors. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like, I, I didn't explain this. So like, um, although we are based in Taiwan, um, most of our clients are people from Singapore, whether okay. they are yeah. locals or expats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because of COVID, we are kind of like um, stranded in Thailand, sorry, in Taiwan, like mm-hmm. happily stranded in Taiwan. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad place like to be in like during COVID. Yeah, and that's the time when we realized that, hey, like our clients can't fly to us, so what should we do? And I decided to explore the local market. I just like posted something um, in the local women's Facebook group. Hmm. And I was surprised to like receive a lot of responses and interest from people. So the local means uh, like Taiwanese or... Um... Um, people who live in Taiwan, though, who because I know that you and QS mainly target English speaking people. Mm, yeah, so like that Facebook group is still like um, the 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 language that is like the media, like the language that's used uh, in that Facebook group is still like English. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get um like we get mostly expats, but we also get some like um, locals who speak English who are also in that group. Uh, okay, I see. Yeah. Yeah. But mostly expats, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, because um, of um, this expat group, we also like it, it kind of like snowballed to getting into the local market. So we also got in touch with like people. It's, it's quite interesting. Like we got in touch with people who are Taiwanese, but they speak American English. So a lot of times, like mm. they are people who are born in Taiwan. But they've been to, you know, like to the U.S. for their studies. And COVID is actually an interesting time because a lot of them actually come back to Taiwan to like escape COVID in the U.S. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a wave of people that we see coming back to Taiwan because of COVID. Very interesting. Yes. Um, As far as I know, and I just heard that you and QS have this niche market. Because I, you know, I'm from Taiwan originally, so obviously I know a lot of Taiwanese who operate in London, which you and QS operate in Taiwan, and but they target Mandarin-speaking yes. Taiwanese. I don't think they really, they they will accept guests for sure, but right, but maybe since you and QS from Singapore, so your English is like quite fluent and everything. Mm. Yeah, I think we are better off like delivering in English than in Chinese okay and I think it's also good that we we, we draw a distinction from um from our friends uh, who are locals because like you know then we have our tag a different group of target audience yeah and we will also you know like um 
introduce like even like direct like clients to one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yes. like we're actually like working together instead of like you know like competing with one another. Right. Yeah. That, I mean that's great. So you run the women clinic. Is there something like oh there will be several tiers and then you will have this group of women. Maybe they start with some more like beginner skills and then they gradually advance into like more advanced skill. Do you have the progression for them? Um, that's a good question. Um, because like um. I do have that mostly for um, my clients from overseas mm-hmm. because a lot of clients who come for me this clean for for these clinics they are already climbers. Yeah, so they once um, they have come to like one of the clinics, they would come back to me asking for like um, something that something for like they are looking for something for more something more than that um, maybe something more advanced to what they already know. Um, but during COVID. Um, the people that I that came to my clinic, a lot of them are not climbers at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're new. They are yeah. totally new. So like the way I um, introduce climbing to them and market this clinics um, is actually very different from how I sell it to my um, clients from overseas who are already climbers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned that you and QS quit your job in 2013. And 13. With the job in Singapore or yes, um, so is it, uh, those job more like desk job. Um, actually, no, I haven't. I've never been in any desk job to be honest. So like, okay, then I, what did you do before? <laughs> yeah, so like I started working in um Singapore Changi Airport. Okay. Yeah, so like um Singapore is pretty famous for its airport. It's like usually like the best or one of the best. And I was there for two years. I was mm-hmm. on the grounds mostly, like, and seldom at my desk. So part of my job is, like, to be on the ground, like, checking things through, making sure, like, things are going well. And if there are anything, whether it's, like, you know, like, I don't know, anything under the sun, like, complaints, flight delays, like, any operations that are, you know, not, not going well, like, I will be alerted and I have to be there Gee. to settle things. No, I kind of can understand why Q is just like, oh, why don't you do the rest <laughs> of the whatever work in the yeah. house? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, uh, that was, like, quite an eye-opener for me as, like, someone who's, like, fresh from, you know, college. And I was there, like, for two years. And I kind of, like, uh, I switched over to working in the museum. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere, like, that it's more, like, a setting that's more lighthearted and more pleasant. At least you don't get, like, um, angsty passengers (laughs) who are, like, usually pretty unhappy with things when things are not going smooth. (laughs) Okay. So maybe the museum tourists will be attend, I mean, will be more pleasant because they were asking questions so they are not complaining. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like uh, in a better mood because they are there to like, you know, like take part in activities, like enjoy like uh, the exhibitions. Yeah, but mostly like um, what I do in the airport and in the museum are very similar. We are all like running operations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think um, this job's actually um, gave me a very good introduction of like how I deal with people. Right. Yeah, and how I do with things that, you know, that just pop up all of a sudden. I have I always have to be on standby and always have to be on my toes, ready for things to happen and ready to deal with things during Definitely. the shifts. Yeah. Then how did even climbing enter this picture? I mean, 
I mean, as far as I know, I've never been to Singapore,、mm-hmm. but it's a small place, small city, and s- small city state. We are like a small city and a small、right. country. And then,、yeah. how much climbing there?、Right? There is actually a lot of、um, climbing, but indoor climbing. Indoor climbing. Indoor climbing. Yeah. Yeah. So like、um, the climbing industry is actually pretty big in Singapore for such a small place. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and people are into it, and people are,、um, they invest in it. And then, so did you get into climbing from the inside, indoor climbing? Yes, I actually started、um, climbing when I was seventeen. Okay, that's、well, um, pretty good. Yeah, yeah、mm-hmm. when I was in junior college,、uh, which is like senior high school.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had, I think I feel very privileged because like.、Um, Back then, there were not that many schools that offer climbing as an activity. Like a lot of times, climbing would be part of, you know, the outdoor adventure club. So like you would do like a bunch of other things like kayaking, hiking, and climbing. But for us, all we did was climbing. Okay. <laughs> we even did like climbing for PE. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah we had that、like, option. Yeah, we had like pretty good walls and. Um, the school actually invested in hiring a full time coach for us. Oh my god! Yes, really? Yes. Wow. So like,、um, I was very lucky when I first started climbing. I had a coach with me for my first two years of climbing. Yeah, that certainly helped a lot, right? Yes, with、I、the movement、so. and training、mm. and stuff. Mm. Mm. And I think that is a very good foundation for my climbing and how I see climbing. I see, and then. When did you first time climb outside? Oh, good question.、Uh, so the same coach, right?、Um, with he's been like he's been hired to teach us climbing, not just for our own climbing, right? Because like the school would want us to represent the school for competitions.、Um, but towards the end of our studies,、um, the coach really wanted us to experience outdoor climbing. Yeah. So before we graduated,、um, he brought us to our first outdoor climb in this place called Batu Cave in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was only for a weekend, but、um, that totally changed my life. Yeah.、Cool. Yeah. And、What、I never stopped、do? climbing after that.、So、I, I never stopped outdoor climbing after that. You just really love that experience. Yes.、Right? Yes. It's just amazing, like how like all the things that I've learned or applied.、Um, Um, plastic like in the gym can be can be like applied to like climbing outside. It's like amazing. Hey, I know what to do with my body and my legs and hands. Like although I've never climbed on real rocks. Nice. Yeah. I mean that's true. I think the skills are totally transferable.、Mm-hmm. So I don't understand some people just like oh, gym climbing is very different than outside climbing.、Mm-hmm. I think they just haven't really connected the dots. Yeah, I I think it may also like vary from people to people, but I really enjoy it. it was like it was amazing.、Mm-hmm, nice. <laughs> yeah. Then how did this change career into guiding come in? Um. I、like、guess what any of you was feel like the the previous job just like、oh, I don't really want to do this previous job and it's like anything I don't know. Oh, you just feel like oh maybe we want to try something new. I think、uh, a lot of this,、um, of course, like it's a joint decision. But I think、uh, a lot of this、um, goes to、um, the time when I graduated from college. I actually had like a half a year break 
to do a gap. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a gap, gap year, year. Mm-hmm. but it's not like a year, right? But it's only for six months, like in Europe. So I did like but a still the concept is the yes. same. Yeah, yeah, like I did like a six months gap year, um, in Europe, like doing like a like a rock trip in Europe. Nice. Where did you visit? Um, I was mostly in southern France. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so I was in southern France most of my stay. Uh, I went to Switzerland, went to Spain, and I. Yeah, like it's just a t- a time for me to explore climbing outside of my region, outside of my comfort zone, and also I think a very important thing about um the trip was that I got to see a lot of people, uh, who are not only climbers but also like people who are trying to earn a living for themselves through climbing. Yeah. And that kind of like changed my perspective towards like how I could lead my life in the future. Um, that didn't happen right away because I still went back to a regular job um, after college. I still need to. I still needed to like pay off my student loan and things <laughs> like that. We, I, we we have to be realistic about that. But uh, it was at a po- like a at a moment in my life when I realized that hey, you know, like. 18 days in a year just to go outdoor climbing is not enough. Right. Yeah, because like the the difficult thing about Singapore is like we have an outdoor crack. Um, but oh, it's, you do? We do. Okay. Yeah, but unfortunately it's closed temporarily for, for, for the past two years, unfortunately. Um, but the good thing about Singapore is like because we are so small, it's easy to get off the country to climb in a different place. For instance, it just takes us one and a half hours flight to go to like Thailand to a nice beach yeah. to Krabi to go climbing. True. See if I have to go Josh's family <laughs> drive three and a half hours from Vegas. Yeah, yes. but still like we still have to, you know, like go through immigration, like get out of the country. It's True. still a lot of hassle and money, time involved. Um yeah. So and when once you start working, like you need to apply for leave to go on an extended holiday. And I feel that um climbing as a holiday for me is just not sustainable for me okay you want more yeah right. yeah I, I just feel really upset at the thought that hey i have 365 days in a year why am i only spending like 20 days in a year doing what i love mm-hmm. yeah that went on like uh in my first few years of work and um that year i still remember very vividly that year like i was already dating qx and I was like crying in bed, like I was just not happy. Like I was like happy with him, but I'm just like, like just to, just thinking of spending the rest of my life doing this and just spending like 20 days out of the 365 days doing climbing, like which is like what I really want to do. It's just not very inspiring. Yeah. When you met him, he was already a climber too? He was already a climber. We actually met through a common um, friend who's also a climber. Okay. Yeah, so we started out climbing on our own before we met. Right. And then so this kind of like a join. Uh, Well, you probably talk with QS a lot and then figure out that maybe you should try this. Um, No, um, actually like that was how I felt. Um, and I didn't understand why I was feeling that way, but um, he probably had some ideas about doing this um, full time because, like, while he was uh, having a full time job, he was also like running uh, weekend trips, teaching track climbing in Malaysia. 
Oh, okay. Yes. That happened like towards um, the end of our full-time career before we decided that, hey, like this is actually feasible and maybe we can explore doing this full-time. I see. Yeah. But then why did you choose to go to Taiwan then if he already teaching in Malaysia? So you are also not very far from Thailand. So you can, you have quite a few locations that you can choose, right? Thailand, Malaysia, um even maybe Hong Kong, mm, right? We, we Hong did, Kong. yeah, we did run trips to Hong Kong too. Um, it's a good question. Like, um, I think um, it's all about chance. Yeah, like we, we know of um, climbing in Taiwan for a long while. I remember like QX has that um, guidebook for Long Dong mm-hmm. for a long time. And that year when we decided to go to Taiwan was when my brother and sister-in-law actually got engaged because my sister-in-law is Taiwanese. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we finally made our way there and went to Longdong and loved it. Yeah, Yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, that's how I started um, kind of like doing... I started doing more track climbing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I started doing it in Malaysia, but um, the spot in Malaysia is still like a little crack. At least we can still do some kind of some some track climbing, yeah. But uh, when we went to Taiwan, it's like whoa, this is unbelievable because like um, for people who don't know about track climbing in in the region, like there isn't that much <laughs> actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, track climbing is like unheard of basically. It's you mean in that region? You mean Southern East Asia? Southeast oh, okay. Asia. Mm-hmm. Like I think in Taiwan, it's more common you you tend to see like people with their own track gear um but in southeast asia like people are mostly sport climbers yeah and we see a potential in that like you know like track climbing is something that is new to the area and we wanted to introduce that to um the climbing community yeah and we thought that taiwan is a very suitable place to do that and in order to I don't really know about the legal thing. So in order to stay <clears throat> in Taiwan long term and work in Taiwan, you have to go through some, I don't know, application or yeah, some, yeah. For sure. Like we ultimately, like we did register a business in Taiwan to make it official. Yeah. So initially, like we were not very sure with things. So we just like ran little trips and we didn't know like how the outcome would be like. So like when we finally decided to um settle down in Taiwan, like we we definitely have to like get things like more formal, <laughs> right? Like more like legally. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, so you round trip in a lot of international. So how does that work? Maybe it's like the the regulation is a little bit less defined. It there is. maybe maybe you just take people to Thailand, but then the Thailand in Thailand they don't really care that whether you are a guided group or not a guided group. Something like that. It's true. Okay. I, I think like uh, generally in Southeast Asia, I'm not too sure about Japan or Korea, but South in Southeast Asia, it's still pretty much unregulated, uh, which means that it, people don't have a very good concept of guides and guiding. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people still see guides as people who or like belay monkeys who you know just like put up the rope and do belaying all day, which is also a huge part of my work to be honest. Uh, true. But yeah, we just do that. certainly belay a lot. Yes, yes. Yes. So um, this is something that we are trying to change as well. Um, we do have clients who have been 
traveling quite a bit and they've hired guides elsewhere and they know the value of having guides with them on trips. Um, but we are trying to um, push that a little bit more to like people in general, like just to educate people like um, what guides do and um, just to like build the guiding industry a little bit more in the region. Yeah, the climbing industry is like booming. But the guiding industry is not like catching up, and that is something that we that that requires a lot of work. Was that one of the reason that both QS and you came to United States, or you are coming to United States for taking courses and all this AMGA mm-hmm. thing? Yeah, this is uh definitely like the reason why. Um, Basically, like like what I mentioned, right? So the guiding industry is like almost non-existent in the region, and there's definitely like no professional training for guides. Yeah, we were looking for options, and yeah, the AMGA like is definitely like um the top option for us to um receive um professional training if we want to if we are doing this and we are doing this. Yeah, I see this as uh, my PhD. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, I actually have never taken any professional training. I mean, like in, in Singapore, we have uh, our local federation for instructors. Um, I've never even like gone through like training with them. I just went directly to the AMGA. Yeah, and it, it just happened that like I wasn't in Singapore to do all this training. So like it totally makes sense for me to, you know, come to the States to do the training with the MGA. And mm-hmm. how's your experience with the MGA courses and um, so far? The training is great. Uh, it actually exposes me to, um, to how things are, how things, how things are so different in the US as compared to Asia you know like because like in like from where I, like where from where from where I come from um I am Chinese by race I'm always like uh in the majority group when oh, I where come, are you you've yes, got, yes yes whether it's Singapore or in Taiwan right. yeah but when I'm in the US I'm usually if not always the only Asian <laughs> in my course True. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like uh, for my ERGC, I'm still the only Asian in the course. But at the same time, I'm really fortunate to have like um, four other ladies in my ERGC, which I heard is really rare. It is. Yes. Yeah. Like super fortunate. Like I'm not the only woman um, BIPOC. Uh, I'm still the only BIPOC, but like I'm glad to have like uh, support from like other women in the same course. And I think that plays a big role in how how people like behave or even like perform in these courses and exams. So you took um so the SPI, mm. right? And so single picture instructor course and then the rock guy course and the uh, advanced rock guy course. Mm-hmm. So obviously this advanced rock guy course and exam aspirin exam. So you mentioned that well, you have four women, so it's a regular course. It's not affinity course. And have you ever taken any like affinity courses? Yes, um, actually, my first affinity course um, was last year. Oh, yeah, what? with you. Oh, is that actually like no, no, not not the exam, but like you know, like the the mentorship 
clinic that you offer. Oh, okay. That's yes. the first affinity course that I actually took part in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I see like um, the value in it because like you know there isn't anything like this like from like where I come from, but I do see the value of having like support from people who are, are similar to you, like uh, in this context where like we are minorities. Yes. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, I'm definitely like uh, an outlier, like in terms of this, because like I'm woman. Uh, I'm a woman. I'm BIPOC. I'm a non-US resident. Yeah. So like I, I I'm definitely like an. I feel I always feel like an outlier, like among like my classmates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have the courage. You mean courageous to come here and then. Feeling, you know, even though you are one of the minority mm-hmm. um, member in this team, but you know, still perform. So I'm pretty mm-hmm. happy for you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that kind of made me wonder. So, so you talk talking about the mentorship day, and I know that uh, one of your classmates, Tally, and then actually. I, I know all of them, I think. Amber, Samantha, <laughs> yes. so those are yes. the four women. And also another lady, Emily. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you mentioned that. So, so, so there are five. Five of us, yes. Yeah, so yes. that's a lot of them. Yes, almost uh, like half of the class. So I went out a day with you, and then you also went out with some other people. Mm-hmm. So how do you find all these mentorship opportunities, and then how does that help you with this? Um, it's quite funny. Like I, it's just like um through forums, so like um. You mean the Facebook Facebook group? groups? Yeah. So um, the one with Lindsay was through like the Facebook group. Yes. Yeah. yeah she volunteered her time. Yeah. yeah that was she, really nice of her. Yeah, she was actually here like for quite an extended period of time and offering like um mentorship to like different groups of people. Yeah, I think it's just. Um, but I'm pretty new to like uh, mentorships, yeah. So like the first one that I've ever taken was with you last year, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that this is something that is very much needed. The mentor, the mentorship mentor, yes. like opportunities, and I feel super lucky that uh, Lindsay was offering it during my stay because like for my trip this time, I'm only staying here for a month. Like it's actually not that long as compared to my past trips. It's usually like two to three months. Yeah, so like, uh, yeah, like each time I come here, I definitely want to like maximize um, all these opportunities that I can have during my stay here because that like, is a long way to be here. Uh, it's also, it takes me a lot of like time and effort to be away from home, away from work to be here. So um, each time when I come to the US, um, I make sure that I will make the best of my stay here in all aspects. <laughs> Whether it's training or whether it's um, climbing or like um, meeting people, like mm-hmm. networking. Yeah, that's um, yeah, just making the best out of my stay here. Yeah. And then can you describe like how typically like all this mentorship day can go? Um, it really depends. So like um, for this mentorship sessions that I have recently, um, it's more targeted because like uh, the bunch of us um, the ladies, like, for ARGC, the Advanced Work Guide course, we are here for the course. Right. So, like, uh, it's very targeted to what we are going to do for the course. So, we are actually doing practices to prepare ourselves for the course. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's also a good um, opportunity for us to meet before the course. So, mm-hmm. like, we already know one another. Right. Yeah, I think, like, part of... I, I thought it's just me, like, 
entering all these like courses as like uh, a female, like uh, a non-local, BIPOC. Right. But it seems like um, a lot of my other classmates who are Americans, um, but they're ladies. So maybe like we have a di- we have a similar perspective towards this, like coming as a minority, um, that we still have some anxiety. Okay. Like you know, like before we um, like when before the course starts, like um, having a lot of things in our heads, like hey, like who are our classmates going to be? Like how is it going to turn out and things like that. So I, I don't know whether like people have that thoughts as much, but it seems like it's quite across the board among like ladies. I'm not too sure whether it happens to like men. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> I mean, according to my personal experience, I remember I was the only Asian, and mm-hmm. well, I'm. I don't actually. One, of course, I have this. Uh, oh, the that's a rock guy exam. I have this person from Thailand, mm-hmm. so I was not the only Asian, but I definitely was the only woman mm-hmm. for both my uh, advanced rock guy course, expert exam, and the rock guy exam. Mm-hmm. But I remember I just like, oh, I'm the only woman, including also the instructor, though, are all male yeah. instructors. Yeah. And then I remember I was really nervous for the ARGC. But then I noticed that the male participants, they are just nervous, too. Oh, really? They're nervous. Okay. But I think the, the thing about... Um, at least it's what I observe is women, if somehow they have another woman, they will tend to share this thought mm-hmm. a whole lot. And then maybe, you know, bound by the society expectation, the guys would pretend that it doesn't <laughs> affect them. Well, it, because it probably shows like a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then, but when, when female shows, it seems like it's normal. Mm. We don't consider it as weakness. We just consider that we want to express our thoughts or mm. feelings and then we are seeking support yeah 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 so so it's kind of nice that you have so all these women they can um members you can meet up with and share the similar thoughts mm. so even just sharing that being nervous and being you know it's pretty nice yeah. yeah i think like just having a space to express that and realize that hey like it's not just me it's also like you are also feeling that too i think it's comforting to know that you know like it's normal to feel nervous or anxious like doing like taking this course and exam uh and to provide support for one another because like ultimately we are taking this course not as competitors you know we're here to support one another to succeed together mm-hmm, for sure yeah and how about like all this uh mentorship day so you you went out say for example with Lindsay or with me or with some other participants in the same course to do like a multi-pitch day um what do you find like the most beneficial experience like um is that the just be, just climb more and then get familiar with the area or like particular advice that you get passed down to or stuff like that? I think um, a lot of things that I learned from all these mentorship, mentorship sessions are things that I didn't learn from my regular courses. Right. Yeah. Such as? Um, such as... Mm, things like short roping is definitely my greatest weakness. Okay. Yeah, we, we do get practice, um, some practice, like, doing the courses, but, like, it's not this extensive. I see. Yeah. 
So, and I think what I really value is uh, whether it's you or Lindsay, like you have the experience of going through the exams and also like the course. So like uh, a lot of times y'all will share like your experience with us and also like the difficulties and challenges that y'all met and how to overcome them. Yeah, so I think that's invaluable. Yeah, and that is something that I really appreciate because like this is something that we wouldn't be able to get from just like taking courses. We definitely need someone who has been through that and um, also like give us the space to practice, the space and time to practice all the skills with guidance. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I guess that that is true because I was wondering, like, during the course, they definitely teach you, like, technical skills. Mm. But maybe you don't really have a big chunk of time to practice. I mean, like, even, like, for instance, if I take short roping, for example, like, yes, we do practice short roping, but we usually do it in, like, some, like, um, terrains where, like, we can just walk around. But when we are having... So it's not like us real? Yes, yes. So like when we are doing like all this mentorship like sessions with y'all, like we are doing it on the climb itself, which makes like things more consequential and more realistic. I think that's a huge benefit. And that's something that I cannot blame um, that we can do it in the course because like, you know, with such a big right. group, it's really... The, the consequences are high. <laughs> Definitely. And, and then um, you probably can't really squeeze that much in. It would take a... A pretty long. It's very hard to find a very good short roping practice playground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then also with just like you said, with a huge group, it will be a little bit challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So kind of like a more like real experience and um, real terrain. Yeah, and I think with guidance because like I can do this like all I want with like mock clients but I don't have like someone like beside me to tell me hey Kelly like you maybe like you want to try doing this way and it'll be better. Yeah, so I can be doing this like with my friends or like with my mock clients but they're but... not gonna give you the same feedback. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. They're just exactly. like oh yeah we feel fine. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, or maybe like we should go unroll because like they're usually climbers and you know like and they wouldn't be able to tell me the feedback I that I need. Okay. You know, as a like how I do things as a guide as mm-hmm. compared to a recreational climber. I see. Yes. And are you still still gonna continue on your track to say take the next level eventually like rock guy? Um, I think at this stage the answer is like a straight yes. Okay. Yeah. Before I took um the ARGC I was actually in a dilemma whether uh whether what track I should pursue. So I was still thinking about it then I was like, Hey, I got the scholarship for ARGC. I think like Okay. That's the decision. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think a lot of times, like, maybe it's just my character or like, it's just like my destiny. Like a lot of things just when I feel a little lost or not knowing what I should do, like things just pop up along the way to show me the directions. Yeah. And so far it has been great. Nice. I mean, you seem like a pretty optimistic and positive person. Did you now get what you want and you climb a lot more than you wanted to? Or because of where you actually doesn't climb as much as you want? <laughs> I mean, like, I climb a lot, but like it's mainly for work, right? And you, you will know the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually climb less for myself. A lot of my climbing that I do now... It's not at least like not 
it's more than 20 days a year outside. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yes. That's so awesome. like, I'm still like, um, pretty happy with that. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not just 20 days in a year. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So I feel really fortunate, like, uh, with like what I'm doing right now. I'm pretty happy, like, uh, where I am right now. Um, there are definitely times when I have my anxiety about like, hey, like I have peers who are already like, uh, managers or like people in their, like people like who are like pretty high up in their career. Okay. Yeah. As compared to like for, for like for guys, we don't have that kind of track. So it's very difficult to, um... I don't know to define like whether we like how successful we are. I guess I don't know. Right, it's not like this annual income, yes. prestigious like yes. social position. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So there are times I do feel a little like anxious, especially like whenever I go back home, and I look at hey, my friend seems to be like doing great. Like yeah, maybe they actually envy you. Just like wow, Kelly is like having this adventure like crazy fun life i think it's the same for everyone like Mm -hmm. people just can't be satisfied (laughs) (laughs) right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. we i think that everyone will have their own struggles and like it's just a matter of um what you value in life right you know like people may value like comfort and security Mm -hmm. and um i value something else but as long as you're happy doing what you are doing i think that's that's what matters the most and then you right now you're pretty happy with what you're doing I'm actually pretty happy. Okay. Yes, I am. I think, I think I am. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. And then what do you like about guiding them? Um, I think it's just, maybe it's my character. Like I enjoy interacting with people. Yeah, I think that's a very important thing. yeah. Yeah. I mean, like people will ask me, hey, Kelly, are you bored? Like doing all these climbs over and over again. But like no like yes the climbing is the same i mean like the routes are the same um even like certain ways i climb the routes like maybe different because i don't remember my my beta my my movements right yeah my body just moves according to like how the route requires me to um but basically like how i set up the climbs or like the trips for my clients are always different okay yeah depending on like how the day goes like how my clients are feeling um so like it's quite funny. I don't have very good memories. I don't remember things very well, but I usually remember like the trips with my clients pretty well. Okay. Yeah, the things that we've done like uh, and things that went on during the trip. Yeah, yeah actually that happened to me too. Right? I have a hard time remembering people's faces. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty bad remembering people's faces. I always say that I might have face blindness <laughs> syndrome. But then I was like, people call me, and then they would say, oh, remember we climbed this thing and then everything kind of flash back. Yes. Yeah, so you have that. Similar... Yes, I do that too. Like, I remember like uh, what they climb and like how they... I mean, I also like... I think it also helps a lot because I take a lot of photos okay. for my clients and that like kind of like uh, is how I keep track with like what went on during the trip. Yeah, but that's also like part of like how I want to... Um, how I want my clients to have a piece of like memory of what they have done with me when mm-hmm. they are climbing with me right yeah um do you still have to do a lot of say administrative work or you and qs kind of can operate independently uh we are kind of like operating independently but we're also like doing a lot of things because 
um, we have to um, market our programs. Um, we have to get in touch with our clients and stay in contact with our clients. I, I'm pretty, I'm sure like you know pretty well like how much we have to um, have to like communicate with our clients, um, especially before the trip happens. Yeah, and maintain that relationship, that rapport, because that you know like these clients um, will be our repeat clients if they are happy like climbing with us. And a lot of our clients are actually um, repeat clients who are coming back to us wanting to do like more stuff or bigger stuff with us, regardless where we are. I see. And I'm curious, uh, it's kind of funny, even I'm from Taiwan, I didn't really climb London that much. I climbed just only a few handful of days. Um, what exactly is the season? When? Well, I think my favorite season in Longdong is um, the fall and yep. early winter. Yeah, winter is good, right? It's mm. like when it's not quite the rainy, the banshu, whatever that season, mm. right? Because in winter, it can get really rainy, right? Yeah, when it comes to like mid or end, like mid-winter, it can be really rainy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've been pretty lucky with the weather, like at least for last year. Yeah, like usually like towards like Christmas, like um, New Year, like it's like raining nonstop. But, I see. Yeah, and that was the time when Taiwan opens its borders to international traveling. So I had a bunch of like um, clients from overseas flying to Taiwan to do like track climbing with me, and I was like, oh my god, like, I'm not too sure whether the weather would hold, and it did. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, because I know that um, you know, given that Taiwan is usually pretty humid and mm. warm. And then in winter time, if it's not raining, the friction is actually the best. It is. It's crisp. It could be right. perfect sand yeah. conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's 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 very funny because like a lot of people see like Longdong. Um, that's where we operate, like Dragon mm-hmm. Caves, um, as a summer place. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's hot. A lot of people go there for diving. For snorkeling, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So they see that as a beach place, but there's also rock climbing. It's, it's, I don't know whether it's that relaxing or beach. <laughs> oh yeah, there's no beach. It's, it's all rocky, cliffs. right? Yeah. yeah. So a lot of mm-hmm. people are there for like um diving, snorkeling, and recently like SUP, like a lot of people are doing SUP, like stand up uh, okay, paddling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and which is great because like summer it's hot, but the good thing about like climbing at Longdong is um the cracks are all east facing yeah so in the afternoon go in the shade yes like or even like around like noon like things will start getting into shade so like we would still run trips but uh we would like run our trips later right uh, i remember one time when then august i was just sitting in the wag oh it's bad <laughs> like which is why like a lot of times that like, we would like not be operating like in taiwan during those months mm-hmm. and come back again in the fall then usually say so sometimes winter is rainy and summer is extremely hot and Mm -hmm. humid so but other area in southern asia is probably is also kind of similar right or in winter probably you can go to thailand yes yes how about in summer um in summer is usually a time when we come to the u.s for our training so like that works great yes i see so Mm -hmm. you're trying to just like okay now i had work and i can go to the states yeah because right now, right in London, is that the the so called the rain plum rain the season? The plum monsoon. Season. Uh, yeah, plum monsoon is yeah. that right? So yes. Do you 
Uh, so is that why that you you just said okay maybe the business is a little bit slow so you take this chance to come here to take the course or? Well, I mean like I I don't have much of a choice because like I can like decide the course dates. Right, um, and yeah, then and actually, it's obvious it's gonna be spring or fall in Red Rock if that happens yeah. in Red Rock. Yes. Yeah, actually now it's like the climbing season like in oh, Taiwan, okay. so like actually yeah. missing a lot of work and a lot of work is actually going to QX. <laughs> so right. like, yeah, yeah. Um, but May is also good, right? Um, May is good. So like there is like this like uh one or two weeks of rainy season. So like it's usually like I will be in Taiwan, but like um I would just take that time as a time for me to. Like catch up with my admin stuff, yeah, and um, um, and get in touch with my clients like for future plans. I see. Yeah, rather than doing guiding itself. I see. And that, as far as I know, that London is more of like a single pitch area. Mm-hmm. So there's like maybe select. <laughs> I mean, a few multi pitch, but it's not really long, mm-hmm. like two pitches or three pitches. Mm-hmm. So. Did you get to practice all this multivision um, skills? And then it's probably not like it's not gonna short rope. The approach is easy. And yeah, stuff. I mean there are places where we can short rope, but there aren't that many. We just have to be very creative with like how we practice all these skills. Mm-hmm. So like we don't get to apply the skills like to the extent that how we do it here. But there are definitely like, opportunities where we can like practice the skills on a much smaller scale. Yeah, even and, transitions yeah. too. And I do know that in Malaysia they have some bigger stuff, right? Yes. Yes. So how long is like potentially how long the multi pitch can be? Like how many pitches? I heard like Dragon Horn seems like uh, the one in Tioman Island is pretty big. Okay. Like almost like big wall style. I'm not too sure oh, how okay. big wall it is. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. But at least like long multi Long multi right. like that can t- take like easily like a full day of okay. climbing easily yeah. at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Just for the climbing. I think like some people do sleep on the wall too. Okay. Yeah. So is that like something that you and QS might like look into in guiding or um, not necessary? I think like right now like um probably like I'm um, at this stage of my climbing and guiding career, I am definitely looking forward to explore more climbing in the region because mm-hmm. I, that's what I used to do and for my own climbing. But I haven't been exploring as much as I wish to because of work. Yeah, so that is also like part of my plans to explore like um, all these places in my region. Yeah, and also like maybe like to potentially bring people to go climbing in these places too. I see. Mm-hmm. And so, so you start operating in Taiwan, so 2015? Yes. Okay, so now it's 2023. Mm-hmm. So, wow, it has been quite a while. Yeah. Like eight years already. Yes, and yeah, but like I don't, I never really considered myself as living in Taiwan that much until COVID hit us because like oh, we so have... so, but you work there, right? Yeah, work... So, but you still travel back to Singapore that type of thing. Um, Singapore, but like we also like travel like within the region quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, so we are always like in and out of Taiwan. I see. Yeah, until COVID hit. Yeah. But in general, I definitely spend the most number of days in Taiwan than any other countries. Like the U.S. can be 
in second place. <laughs> I don't think okay, I spent because of the that recent much time. years that you came yes. quite often. Yes. 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 Yeah. Even before, like, um, I started um, doing my rock guide course, that we were also like coming to the US um, very often because like QX was doing his course and right. he's like done with it. Like now, yeah. Like, so um, he is um, a rock guide now. I know. Yeah. Um, so you were kind of like. His training buddy. Yeah, I was like his training buddy, like uh, when he was like going through um, the rock guide track. And now you have to find your own training buddy, which yeah. is not a bad thing. I feel because like this is also how I started to, you know, like pay attention to all these like opportunities, like meeting people like you mm-hmm. and also other um, local climbers. And I feel like this is really important. Like it is definitely. Yeah, this is something that I never knew would play a role when I take part in um, these courses. But I don't know how to explain. It's not just like about your climbing abilities or your guiding abilities. A lot of times that you have to know like local knowledge. Yeah, and all these things that can be gained only the more you stay in in this place and knowing people and knowing the place better. Definitely, it takes time. It takes time. So, like, I was telling, I was just having this conversation with my, the friends I'm staying with. It's like, hey, I feel really lucky that you know, like, for for the assessment, um, the climbs that I do, I did for my assessment are climbs I've already climbed before. But come to think of it, no, it's not just about luck because I actually like put in the time and effort to climb here extensively. That's why, like, um, it just not just luck that all these climbs are just happen to be climbs that I've climbed before, but also because I've climbed quite a bit, like in Vegas to prepare for my course. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, as far as I know, a lot of people, they when they prepare for this course, they spend at least a month mm-hmm. ahead of time mm-hmm. so they can get familiarized with the area. Mm-hmm. And even they don't get assigned a climb that they have climbed before, at least they know the area, mm. which is kind of like a bigger game changer mm. too. Because on-site guiding is is hard. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And especially given the pressure of like being examined yes. and they have the on-site that yes. route, I think it's quite difficult. Yeah, and I think like having a routine, like, you know, like I've been staying with um, friends uh, who I know already from Singapore and they are based in Vegas. So like having a routine on like, hey, okay, like, so when you talk about this place, I know where it is. I'm not, I'm kind of like operating not entirely as a foreigner in the US, I kind of know what you're talking about because I can totally understand when it happens that, hey, like when I go to a new place and when people are talking about certain things, they're like, I am clueless what they are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is something like a, like a, like a catch up game that I have to do, not being a local. Yeah. And not being able to be here consistently. Yeah. And then during the um, ARGC, did they pair your partners, um, like with other women, or they also give you men? <laughs> I'm curious. So. Okay, so like, um, so we have eleven people, right? So right. Like, it's divided into six and five. So okay. I was in the group of six. So like, there'll be like three, three, right? In my three, it's all two men and me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, the other ladies in our course, they all have, like, another uh, woman counterpart in their little in- groups. Interesting. Except for me. <laughs> well, I was wondering how they divide that. So, you never work with 
another woman participant? Uh, not closely in our part. Like, so we always like work in a group of like three of us, right? Right. Yeah. So there was never like there wasn't like a woman in my part. <laughs> oh, okay. Initially, I feel I felt a little bumped about it. Right. But like I think it didn't matter that much, mm-hmm. like because like uh, my two other classmates are really sweet people. Right. Yeah, yeah, and they are very supportive. Nice. Yeah. In fact, like I was quite upset like during my rock guide course, um, they tried to group like all the ladies together. Okay. And even with a female instructor, that was great. Mm. But it just happened that like I have this like classmate who wasn't well, was like a little bossy. So like I was okay. thinking like maybe like it may not be all good if like um I happen to pair up with another lady. It, it really depends on individuals. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right? So it's just like you know, um, I'm so thinking like I actually went to an old girl high school and it was great. Yeah, but then. It's. I would agree with you. It's all about personality. I can. We can work with men. Yes. Too, you know. Yes. We can work with women. Yeah. Too. We can work with all sorts of people. And then something that, when you guy and uh, I mean, unless you run a women only clinic, you're not gonna pick and choose. I uh, only like accept women. Yeah. Sign up, right? Yeah. So you're gonna be welcome to all of them, mm-hmm. right? So, and and I think it's pretty good to be able to work with different. Hmm people from different backgrounds yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think like it would still be nice to have a lady uh in my pot but when that was that didn't happen like i wasn't like salty about it like i was just like hey okay so let's see how things goes and it turned out great nice mm-hmm. yeah great so we, we can give some nice guys some credit <laughs> <laughs> yes like there are like nice like mm-hmm. male um classmates around Definitely. too yeah yeah um, so right now you kind of um, have a little lame um, milestone. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your next step? <sighs> my next step, um, I definitely okay. Like this is also part of my um, goals for this year. I'm actually turning forty next year. Okay, congratulations! So, uh, Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So like, I yeah. actually have like a two-year plan. So after like the rock the advanced rock guide course, I definitely want to push myself more, like, mentally and physically for my own climbing. Yeah. Um, just to strike a little balance between um, work and my own climbing. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a very big topic. I'm, like, also right now really struggling <laughs> about that. But I I think after this season ends, I'm going to take a break. Mm-hmm. And I'll think about mm-hmm. that. And... So you want to push your own kind? Sorry, I kind of hide. Yeah, no, no, no yeah. problem. Yeah, I'm definitely like looking forward to like doing my first big walk climb. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you already did one with QS. Like no? we we did a couple, but like I, I don't consider. I mean, like I'm part of like the team doing all these climbs, but I was. But you want to be in charge? Oh, uh, not really okay. in charge, <laughs> but like I I didn't lead like most of these climbs because oh, I was okay. just too afraid. Oh, okay. Yeah, and hmm. I think like it's. It's also me, like, when I know, like, someone who is in charge or, like, who I feel has, like, better capabilities than me, I tend to take a step back. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you need to pick out the shop and, like, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I definitely, like, would like to, like, do, like, a big wall climb, like, with um, a small all-woman group, like, or maybe just with a female counterpart oh did you already have your partner line yeah up? i actually nice. have thought about like a few friends who mm-hmm. i can like turn Great. to for this project 
and I think like that'll be fun. Nice. Yeah. Are you sure you coming back to United States to do that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Like maybe the Valley. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. You can also do it in the Zion too. It's pretty nice. Oh, I heard. I heard about it. It's it's pretty、mm. nice. But I totally understand. You're just like, yeah, because I my husband used to be my mentor,、mm-hmm. and then I just feel like he's a little bit overly protective. <laughs> so I have to tell him say no, because if I'm like not in front, and I can't learn. Yeah,、much. I think like you have that awareness. I I think I have that awareness, but I am still like too timid, or like I just don't have. Maybe I, I I'm just like not confident. I don't have that confidence in myself. Or maybe at at that time you settle in this supporting training body. I think so.、Mm-hmm. I think so. But I I feel like it's it's. I mean, like I'm a human after all. So like doing all, like all this like、um, while supporting someone achieving things, maybe I felt left out too. Yeah,、okay. like like what I told you. Yes, we did all these things, but like you know, like I. I'm helping someone to achieve like certain goals, but I don't feel very involved in it, and I don't feel a strong sense of、um, like. Should I put this on my resume? That type of thing. I I I,、mm-hmm. I usually don't put this in my resume,、mm-hmm. although I've done some of these clients. But、mm-hmm. I don't feel like I I have that much of sense of ownership because like I wasn't doing it that much. I, yeah, I I think I can understand、mm-hmm. that you.、Mm-hmm. You want to feel like you have done it. Yes, yes.、Don't、I feel like、me. I'm just like cheating myself, like lying to myself. I said that <laughs> yes, I've done it. Yeah, like, and then it's kind of for you yes, yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can lie to everyone, but I cannot lie to myself.、Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. At the end, like nobody care about what you have done or、mm. how hard you climb or all that. It's、mm. really just right. Like I want to climb harder climb, but it's not because I. Somebody、yeah. would pay attention to me. Yeah, and yeah. I know like I will have like more、um, challenges. Like it'll be very difficult. Like, but it's part of the process, and I want to like、um, go through that process. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I、mm-hmm. I hope you will do well, and maybe you have many epics or whatever. But you know, <laughs> I'll call you for help. I'll try my best. <laughs> I I think I already throw my big wall days behind. I teach big wall classes. <laughs> But I hate hauling, so <laughs> it's like I want to go if possible, go as fast as possible. So I don't have to haul.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice though that I have done it.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I feel proud of it.、Mm-hmm. I, yeah, so um I and then I as as far as I can see you, I mean you totally have the capacity、mm-hmm. nowadays. I mean one I would say one disadvantage that you might have is you're small. Oh yes, I. Kind of have a taste of that. Like some of these boat ladders, like from boat to boat, is so far away. <laughs> no, I mean hauling. Oh, hauling. Yes. Okay, I can imagine that. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. It's just like well, the boat ladder maybe far reaches, but at least you still can cheat. But hauling is is hard work. Hmm. It's like something, uh, that's turn me off. Yeah. But it's it's just not. But you, you will see though. Maybe you can set up some like mechanical advantage、mm-hmm. system, yeah, to 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 do that. And usually, the whole bag is the heaviest the first day. <laughs> so if you can do the first day, you can do the rest of your,、mm-hmm. the days.、Mm-hmm. Great. And how about other things? Like so, you still staying for another weekend before you head back? Yes. Um. Any more climbing, or just kind of chill? 
I'm hoping to climb, but like I don't know whether like I can find like people like like this last minute because I wasn't like making very concrete plans. I was like busy with the course, and I thought like, hey, I would just like um start thinking about my plans after the course, and yeah, that isn't enough that much time actually. <laughs> I see. Yeah, so I think I would still want to like head to the valley, even to just. To be there to have mm-hmm. a hike like i haven't been there like since before covid and i would really love to be there yeah i know some of my friends already heading that way mm-hmm. you know so it could potentially you you know the amg has a mentorship group and mm. i mean just go there and see whether you can find somebody's already there and yeah. maybe some people would be your partner yeah yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. surprise <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, you know anything that you want to say for uh, to people that who just like want to be a guide any like learned advice that you wish you have known before Um, I think that um, regardless uh, what the situation is for you um you just have to be honest to yourself you you really have to like sit down and talk to yourself and ask yourself whether this is something that you really want to do and if you have already if you make that decision to do it uh, regardless the circumstances just go for it great yeah yeah because i feel that a lot of people like, hold themselves back because of certain situations or a lot of self-doubts i still have that too yeah but you know like just give it a try and you'd be surprised like what what goes what turns out for you nice mm-hmm. great yeah thank you so much for um coming to my place i know it's late <laughs> uh to you know have this nice conversation with me so uh, i'll I think I'm gonna be in Vegas for I don't know still quite a few years. Mm-hmm. So when you come back to Vegas, you know, just give me a call and I'll be here. Yes, of course. Like, thank you, thank you for inviting me to this podcast, and I'm really pleased to be here before I go. <gasps> thank you. Bye.